0: Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to a TVO Podcast.
0: Welcome to On Docs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. I'm Colin Ellis.
1: And I'm Nam Kiwanuka.
0: On today's episode, we're speaking with legendary filmmaker Alanise Obomsawin. Alanise is no stranger to on-docs. I interviewed her in 2019 for her last doc, Jordan River Anderson, The Messenger. She's made over 50 films and counting for the NFB as one of the most celebrated indigenous filmmakers in the world. Today, she joined me to discuss her latest documentary, Honored to Senator Murray Sinclair. Quite frankly, most of Canada did not know anything about
2: residential schools. and Even those who knew about the schools being in existence, they didn't have any idea of what happened in those schools.
1: We were treated like a
0: herd of animals. I saw children shivering in their beds because of the thin blankets. I saw girls forced to eat their own vomit. I saw children gagging on their food because they didn't like it. And then swallow it in fear of the nun's mighty hand.
2: We have found documents in the archives of Canada in which military officials encourage the Department of Indian Affairs to ensure that more and more children are placed in residential schools because the documents say if we have their kids, they will be less inclined to go to war against us. I hope from this that we can send a message to. Uh create that process of hope for uh, our children and our grandchildren.
0: That first voice you heard was Senator Murray Sinclair, who served as the chairman of the Indian Residential Schools Truth and Reconciliation Commission from 2009 to 2015. That's the TRC for short. And that final voice was Patrick Etherington Senior, a survivor of the schools. Sinclair has had a long career in law, and he was the first indigenous judge to be appointed in Manitoba. He was later appointed to the Senate in 2016, but retired earlier this year.
1: Prior to the TRC, Senator Sinclair presided over the report of the pediatric cardiac surgery inquest where he reviewed the death of 12 babies at the Health Sciences Center General Hospital in Winnipeg. His findings led to an apology to the families from the hospital and 36 recommendations that have had a major impact on how cardiac surgery is performed on children in the region. He's been quoted as saying, hardly a week goes by that I don't think about those kids. The final report took three years with testimony from almost 100 witnesses and 10,000 pages of documented evidence. The scope of the TRC would be larger and as emotionally difficult.
0: His job was to understand the scope of the harm done by residential schools on Indigenous communities. We're talking about intergenerational harm, the loss of language and culture, and so much more. It also involved hearing the testimonies of survivors, which are heart-wrenching.
1: Yes, uh, this documentary is less than 30 minutes long, but is packed full of history and it's very compelling. Alanis incorporates a speech that Senator Sinclair gave as he accepted the 2016 WFM Canada World Peace Award. She also includes the painful testimonies of survivors, which were collected during the TRC. At one point in his speech, Senator Sinclair says that, children are inherently the battleground for reconciliation. And it was very powerful to see the faces in the audience as they listen to those words and what we should take away from the TRC's calls to action.
0: In our conversation with Alanis, we talk about Senator Sinclair's work on the commission, the legacy of residential schools, and Canada's reckoning over its treatment of Indigenous peoples. And we recorded this interview prior to the federal government's decision to appeal a federal court's ruling on Indigenous child welfare. Stay with us. Alanis Obomsawm, welcome back to On Docs.
2: Happy to be here.
0: <laughs> yes, well, it's 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 nice to have you back. I, you know, as we were saying before, you know, you were on our show about uh, two two years ago to talk about your doc uh, Jordan River Anderson, the Messenger. And the world is uh, quite a different place <laughs> since we last spoke. And I'm just wondering how you've been doing the last two years, and especially uh, during the pandemic.
2: Oh. You know, I've been working at home for all this time, more than a year and a half, really. And I thought, oh, it's going to be boring. <laughs> but it hasn't been like that at all because I've gone through a, a lot of my archives here at home. And uh, it's been very emotional. Like, because I've been working for such a long time. I found the uh, interviews that I did, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, and it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's been very, very wonderful for me to work here.
0: Has the so, pandemic, did it disrupt any plans you had for filmmaking?
2: Well, yes, in some sense, because uh, we had uh, some shoots to go that we couldn't do because people were too worried to, uh, to have a, a crew come in and not knowing is this a good idea and to expose themselves to this. So mm-hmm. we've had to delay a few uh, scenes that uh, I couldn't do at the time.
0: I see. Well, you're well, we're going to talk about your, your latest documentary, which is Honor to Senator Murray Sinclair. And, you know, for listeners at home who may not know him, could you just tell us a little bit about who Senator Murray Sinclair is?
2: Oh, he is so special, such a wonderful person. And, of course, you know, he's uh, he's retired now, supposedly. Uh, I'm sure he, he'll be busy doing other things, but... What he's done for uh, the people, especially the, the all the history of residential schools and how they've uh, listened to uh, many, many people who have gone through that terrible time. its uh, It has brought about a different time for people. For the longest time, people wouldn't talk about the residential school. Many people were embarrassed about it and they didn't want to tell the stories. They felt it was too heavy and too humiliating in a lot of sense. And uh, after uh, uh, several years of listening to the people, and I think it's really um, very profound in terms to, not only listening to the people, but how they feel having gone through the, uh, to to have, Told their story publicly. Really, uh, it's really made made a very big difference for the people themselves, but also for all of the country. People hearing this, they say, "Oh my God, I never knew this. We've been yelling about this for years." You know, in the sixties, when I was singing a lot, I went to a lot of residential schools, and people will tell me, would tell me stories like that, that there was a lot of children being were buried there on that land. And it was very hard to, to hear. And to, we knew of a lot of things, but when you hear it from the mouth of the people who were witnesses, it's a different uh, feeling. Yeah? So I think all in all, it's, um, it's created uh, a different time for the people themselves but also for all Canadians also who hear these stories and they just can't believe it and uh, you know they thought that our people were always complaining well it's uh, a very hard time to uh, to talk about and to have witnessed it when uh, as you know it started uh, previously uh, the um, uh, the foundation to was created before Senator Sinclair went in. It was. It wasn't working. It was too controlled by the government at the time. And uh, so now, when he came in with his two, uh, two of the people, uh, Chief Little Child and uh, Doctor Marie Wilson, it was. Uh, it became very different. And they, they travel all over the country and they listen to people. And uh, it's just. Uh, changed everyone's life really when he received that price here at uh, mcgill college i asked permission to be able to film him as he was receiving it and uh, you, every every word he says is important you don't want to take any words out because you're learning the whole history uh, of what's happened to our people and how laws were made what's, what's the indian act what uh, all those paragraphs that uh, uh, were so racist that it's very embarrassing to hear. But, you know, you just watch that film, it's just a half hour long. You learn so much about the whole history. And he, he's the one that uh, has that knowledge and can talk to, to the world about it.
0: You know, I wonder what what set him apart from, I guess, what the government was trying to do prior to to his appointment. Like, why was he, I guess, successful at collecting these stories where others before him and maybe ha- weren't as successful?
2: Yes, well, I think uh, the the ones that started before him, I know because they approached me then. They wanted me to uh, to do some filming, and uh, and I and I said. Uh, Who makes the decision here? Oh, well, they will make the decision like, oh, you can't say this, or you can't say that. No, take that off, put this on. I said, I'm sorry, I don't wanna have anything to do with this, I refuse. Nobody tells me what's gonna be in a documentary, yes or no, I decide. So I just didn't want, and I'm glad that I, I just, they came to the film board and they really tried to get me into it, but I saw the control that they were uh, applying, I knew there was something very wrong, which is very different with Senator Sinclair and those two other people with him. They listen, they really listen to all those people, their stories, they not try to hide it or to, to make them say something that's not there. You know? So it's very different, It comes from inside.
0: That's crazy, they tried to direct you in terms of how you were going to film yeah. the.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, they told me in advance. I said, "Who decides what the content is?" And uh, there was a woman in charge, and she says, "At the end, they decide." Well, I said, "Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I'm not doing anything with you. you know? mm. I just uh, it would be a war." <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned you know his role as you know, he was listening to the testimonies of of survivors and some of whom are featured in your doc and, and what they describe is incredibly painful. And I just wonder, uh, both for him and yourself, I guess I wonder kind of what toll that hearing those stories took.
2: Yeah, I've seen it so many times because we worked on it and there, especially some of the characters, I don't want to say anything about it now, but... Every time I hurt, I just feel, oh, so sad inside. You know, you just feel like crying. You just can't stand what they've gone through. Mm -hmm. And it has affected their lives, all their lives. It doesn't go away from you. You live with that all your life. And then you have children. And in a lot of cases, some people were hiding the fact that they even went to a a residential school. Never mind telling what really happened there.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think I remember one gentleman um, getting very emotional describing his own experiences and mm. apologizing, I think, to his children, because um, obviously it, it affects not just him, but I mean, the generation after him, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Well, the documentary, you know, is, it's, I guess, kind of centered around a speech that uh, Mr. Sinclair gave when he yeah. was awarded the uh, World Peace Award in 2016, mm-hmm. and it was about a year after the TRC report. Um, why was that? I guess why did you use that speech? What was that the basis of the film?
2: Because it's an incredible document for learning and hearing what really happened there historically with the government and the church, and it's he he explains it so plainly and so well that by the time you finish looking at it, you say, "Oh my God, I couldn't believe this! I can't I look at what they did," and you know it's uh, incredible. I don't think there's one word that he says that uh, doesn't mean anything. It's just uh, unbelievable. When he talks about the fact, for instance, uh, when uh, McDonald decided they're not gonna allow, uh, we always thought that 1960 was the first time our people were citizens of the country and meant that you could vote and this is how we all think. But you know, he tells you a different story that in 19, uh, uh, that in 1885, McDonald thought, well, if we want uh, those uh, Indians to become citizens, we should give them the right to vote. And when they did that, uh, they were very disappointed because they voted out people they didn't like who, were, who had a uh, certain um, title in the government. So then they thought they'd punish them. How are they going to do this? They want to take away the, by I think 1891, they wanted to take away the rights to vote that they had given them in 1885. So the way they did, they they changed a paragraph in the Indian Act saying, the word person, every individual is a person except Indians. Indians are not persons. And uh, that's incredible, you know, and this is plainly written in the Indian Act. So by doing that, if you're not a person, you can't vote. You're not a, an individual. So all those things you learn are all, all those very important part of the history just through that, that one half hour.
0: It's incredible. Yeah, something, something I learned was just that, uh, you know, part of the residential school system, part of its design was to... Uh, take children as a way of, I guess, preventing uh, First yeah. Nations peoples from, from going to war against the government. It was almost like they were holding them as hostages. And I guess it's kind of interesting that <laughs> they were called schools because, I mean, you know, the purpose of the school is to educate people. But in this case, it was really just to keep them uh, from going to war against them. It's, it's incredible. Mm. Yes. Well, I, I guess I wonder, you know, uh, what Mr. Sinclair's reaction was to having a doc about him had you talked to him before about it? What, what was his, I guess, well, reaction? He,
2: he didn't know really, because I, I, I just went, you know, I know him personally for a long time, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what he imagined. I've, I i did not have that kind of conversation. So, um, but now, now it's finished and uh, I haven't heard from him because we sent him a copy for him to watch it and also to the p- people who are talking and unfortunately there's two women that have passed away since then so we send a copy of the film for them to watch it before it comes out oh,
0: God. it's
2: just been uh, very emotional to make this film yeah.
0: yeah well you know in it's mentioned in the film you know the there are these calls to action uh that the trc uh made, uh, that Canada needs to take towards reconciliation. I think there are 94 in total. I'm not sure what the government, how many they've uh, um, achieved yet. I don't think it's uh, anywhere close to 94. But, you know, something that uh, Mr. Sinclair says is that, you know, individuals uh, can Mm -hmm. act, you know, individuals can do things. Uh, They don't have to wait for the government to do it. And I'm just wondering, you know, to what extent you think that, you know, acts by individuals can make a real difference?
2: Everybody can make a difference in the world how you look at someone, how you treat them, how you make them feel just by looking at them. you like, oh boy, uh, get away from me. I don't want to have to talk to you or be with you. You're a savage. This has been like this, you know, for so many generations. So uh, when he says individually, of course, everybody can, can do something. It's just the way you treat people and stop thinking that our people are inferior just that alone makes a big uh, difference. You know, when you ha- w- when you in the classroom in the, the old days when the teacher would open her book, Histoire du Canada, you know, Canadian <laughs> history. I knew I was gonna get beat up that day. It's as simple as that. Here they were, and when I realized uh, what was happening, this is why I'm still here today, because education is the main important thing for all people. So if you're trained as a child to hate, because obviously, the books were written, designed in advance to make sure that Canadians are going to think uh, very poorly of indigenous people here. They never called us indigenous. it's a new name. It was mm-hmm. savage. And you know, in French, it's not the Indian Act. It's l'acte des sauvages. It's the savages act. As clearly as that in French. So uh, what the, the, there was a design, there was a will there to make sure that even with a license in the classroom, children were learning to hate us. It's very plain, you don't have to go to a university to find out what that is about. So you know, the thing was to get those bloody books out of the classroom, and uh, it, it didn't come out that easy, because this is what they thought all for so many generations right there you know imagine you're a child and you're learning that this if there's an Indian near you he's inferior he's ugly he's dirty look at his color and you know all that uh, stuff yeah I'm sure it's hard for some people to believe but that's the way it was
0: well you know the last year or so we've had a bit of a reckoning in this country uh, just around uh, race run and the treatment of indigenous peoples. I'm thinking of the discovery of these, uh, you know, thousands, I guess, at this point, unmarked graves at former residential schools. I'm wondering how you've, I guess, processed all of this.
2: It's very difficult, of course, you know, for all of us. But uh, there's a big change now, you know, I travel a lot. Not lately, I go nowhere, I stay home, but uh, (laughs) in general, I travel all over the country all the time. And I can tell you that I would say the last 10 years, is the change is unbelievable. Last five years, even since the uh, um, work of uh, the reconciliation, you, can, you feel the difference. And uh, there's more respect. And I think in general now, what I feel across the country is that Canadians want to see justice to our people. And I feel they're really listening and curious, and don't like what has been done to us. So yeah. it's different. You are no longer uh, put aside or just invisible or treat be treated uh, badly. You know. So I'm. I have. Uh, I'm very happy that I lived this long to see the difference because it's a very big difference, and you feel welcome where before you were made to feel you shouldn't be there. You know? That's a big difference.
0: Well, we have to wrap up our conversation, but is there anything you'd like to, uh, any thoughts you'd like to leave us with about uh, either Mar- Marie Sinclair or anything else?
2: Oh, I just, uh, not just me. I think in general, people, we all adore Marie Sinclair. And he sure is very generous with uh, his teaching and all the things he tells us. And it's just... Uh, very special and uh, i don't know he, he said he's retiring but i i just can't imagine imagine him not doing anything he must have a, <laughs> something else on his mind that he wishes to do but i don't know.
0: i think like you he he can't slow down i think um, he'll he'll come up with something
2: yeah. anyway I just I just want to say thank you to all Canadians. I'll tell you why. Because of the support you give to institutions such as us, the National Film Board of Canada, belongs to Canadians, Telefilm Canada, CBC. So much is, uh, is being done to these institutions, and it reaches people at home, Canadians, and you see that everything is possible. For now, you know, for us, I tell our people or young people, if look into your heart, find what the gift it is you are given. Find out what you would like to be, what you would like to do. Because if ever the doors were open for you to do, anything at all you want to do is right now. Everything is possible. And I mean it. And it's beautiful. You are welcome. And they're waiting for you. There is money, there is places to help you to study what it is you wish to learn. It's, uh, I, I feel uh, very gifted that I can witness this because it wasn't always like this. <laughs> so thank you to all the people in this country.
0: And thank you. And that's the podcast. There is a national 24-hour Indian Residential School crisis line to provide support to former students and others affected. Their phone number is 1-866-925-4419.
1: Honour to Senator Murray Sinclair is coming soon. Look for it on the NFB website.
0: And if you like what you heard, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Thanks to producer and editor Matthew O'Mara, producer Carla Lucchetta, senior producer Katie O'Connor, production support coordinator Jonathan Halliwell, and executive producer Lori Few.
0: We'll catch you at the next screening.